Welcome to Chiefs Bros. My name's Andrew. I'm sitting here with Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan. Yes. Very quietly. Chiefs have a three-game win streak. Really? Really. Do we really? We do. We, we apparently have the same record as the 2019 season when we won the Super Bowl. Yep. Which everyone knows it means our trajectory is Super Bowl now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Six and four. Same spot. Which is wild because it feels like just completely different seasons. Yeah. It almost feels like like a rope dope you know? You know what that is? Yeah. Like where the boxer will like wear out the opponent, or like fake them into believing that they're not as good as they are. Mm-hmm. We're hustling, you know? We're okay. like, oh my gosh, we lost to the Tex Titans. We nearly lost to the Giants. Oh, we're terrible. And then like, ah, we were good the whole time. Maybe, maybe we got bored of doing that thing where we'll go down in the scoreboard mm-hmm. early. And now we're like, you know what? We're going to go down to the standings. Or- so this is like 24 nothing. Texans game, yeah, but for a whole season. Yeah, we're just we're just trolling everybody. Just a yeah. little, just a little joke. It's funny. Season joke. Took a couple years off my life, but it's funny. <laughs> yeah, yes. man, this this team. I, I I don't want to take too much away from just one game. Oh, uh, I would like to take too much of it. Uh, <laughs> but this is you know forty-one to fourteen. That's what you're supposed to do to a bad team. A bad team is like having a terrible season. Uh, excuse me, a team with a winning record. The team that had was the top of the AFC West. Okay, well, a wise man once called the Raiders frauds, and I agree. Mm, so mm, sounds like wise man. Yeah, sounds like he had a lot of foresight. Yeah. So I don't want to say like everything that was wrong with the Chiefs is fixed, but man, for for one game at least, everything looked okay. All right. Enough of this qualifying nonsense. That game Go was awesome. Bring the fire. It has been so long since we've had a game that made me that happy as a Chiefs fan. Uh, you have to honestly go back to like the Bills playoff game from 2020. Mm-hmm. It's been that long since I've had a game that I felt that good about. It was certainly the most complete Chiefs game that I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. That was my idea, by the way, to have the offense and defense play good at the same time. It was freaking brilliant. Yeah. You're don't welcome. Why, don't worry, we do that every week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we had a nice another uh, palindrome game. Uh, we had a 31-13 earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Now we've got a 41-14 under our belt. So next week, we have to get the elusive 51-15. Let's hope that goes for us and not against us. <laughs> yeah, that could go either way. How do you score 15 points, by the way? Is that five field goals. Five field goals? Yeah, or, you know, you, you get next-gen stats and do one two-point conversion. Yeah, that, that's a tricky one. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I couldn't be happier. I was so excited after the game. I, it's almost a bummer that we record these later in the week because I feel like now I've kind of calmed down a little bit. But, man, I was fired up there for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Still kind of am. Still feeling a little feisty. Yeah. I mean, it felt like a, it, it was a Chiefs win. You didn't have to apologize for it. That makes sense. Yeah. No, well, I never apologized for a Chiefs win, but certainly not after that. You know what it felt like to me? What? Statement game. Oh, okay. 
The statement was, we ain't dead yet. Not dead yet. Yes. This is still our division. The Raiders still suck. We're still good. See, I feel like it was our get, still awesome. I feel like it was our get right game. We've been talking about get right games since we lost to the Ravens, I think. This is like this is when it actually felt right. Well, it wasn't for a while there that we even had back to back games. So it was like bad game, get right game, bad game, get right game. And it felt like that might continue for a while there, but now we again three game winning streak. Mm-hmm. And hoping to make it four. So last week we did the defense first because the defense was better. This week we could go with any unit of the team, really, to start our, our, our review podcast. Yeah, it feels like we've been doing this thing this year where we pick one unit of the team, be it offense or defense or special teams, and be like, we won because of that. Yeah. And all these other chumps couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I think, you know what we ought to do? What should we, we do? We ought to lead with the special teams unit because... I guess the special teams? Tommy Townsend threw like a 20-yard laser. Oh yes, he always like he throws it like he's throwing a spear. Yeah, I don't know what his like his windup is yeah. just amazing. It was like the slowest windup of all time, and he like had to put so much effort into like the pass like, to where it went. It's like if a Greek god threw a football, that's kind of how he throws it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's a good point. He, he did throw it like a javelin. Yeah, but it was it was elegant. He's like two for two on clutch. Wasn't it last year he had a, a clutch? Uh, Fake Google pass? Yeah, I want to say he had one last year at some point. I can't remember exactly when it was, but yeah, it was pretty awesome. And we were up by like two scores already. Yeah. So Now, the special teams was also responsible for probably the most egregious turnover of the game where Mike Hughes had a fumble on a punt return. Yeah, it was really kind of the one noticeable blemish on the night. Yeah. Um, we said in the last podcast that we would like to see Nicole, um, we'd like to see punt return duties taken from him. Yep. And, well, we got our wish, Andrew. The monkey's paw turned, and <laughs> we get the Mike Hughes fumble. So, all right, here's Mike Hughes, and he's going to fumble. Both, yeah. Well, it was it was almost like a it was like an homage to Nicole Hartman, because, like, the way that that guy runs, and this was, by the way, this was on kind of a weird, like, we did a weird fake pitch on the punt, didn't we? Like, I had Hughes and Pringle or Hughes and Hardman back there. It was something weird where we had two returners. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know if we were just getting goosey or what, but um, it was one of those plays where they're running so fast, you can just tell it's going to end in chaos. Like, McColl does that, where he'll just, like, he'll be running so fast and, like, not protecting the ball. He gets that kind of look in his eyes where he's like, I'm yeah. to do something either really awesome or really dumb. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like when, when your cat's eyes get real big. Yeah. Know? It's like, oh, man. Here comes some wild something crap. nutty is going about to happen. It's going to be you can weird. just you can just tell, and and that that includes like Hardman, Nicole, uh, Nicole Hardman, Marcus Robinson, and Mike Hughes. Now at this point, just marginal players about to do something dumb. Yeah, we got a lot of those guys. Yeah, but anyway, but we didn't fall apart when that happened. Yeah, and I was thinking after the game, in a weird way, I'm almost glad that that happened because. It's good for the team to know that we can have a turnover and not have things just fall apart on us. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't on the offense. Yeah, and it wasn't the offense. I don't think we had any offensive turnovers, did we? No. Like one nearly intercepted pass, I think. Yeah. But those well, are, those there might count. be a few of those. Mahomes is back to doing his thing where he can't be intercepted. That's all right. I'm not qualifying anything yet. I'm just talking about how yeah. awesome the game was. All right, special teams. Good. Buckkirk continues to be amazing this season. Yep. Uh, well, he did have one missed field goal. And I think it was kind of the first field goal that he's missed this year where it's like, eh, it's probably one that he makes normally. So one little one little thing there, but on the whole, he's been great. He's probably missing his extra points. Probably because of the tractor beam with the Death Star. 
No. Mm. Yeah. Not a moon, it's a planet. Throwing them off. Yeah. Um, that's all I had to say about special team. Do you have anything else? Nope. We talked about it for like a full two minutes. Yeah. Uh, so offense, which is normally where we start with Chiefs. He's back! Yep. Cam, New- Cam Newton back. and Pat Mahomes are back. <laughs> I think this all stems back to that like, third down conversion last week to seal the game that he had. Where he's just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I'm back. Well, I'm feeling it. We thought about the time, like, could that have been kind of a, a turning point, you know, where he feels like, okay, I'm just kind of getting some traction here, mm-hmm. get my mojo back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And based on that performance, I would say yes, it was. Okay, so I've got, I'm, I'm of two minds. On the Chiefs' offensive renaissance. Explain. Uh, the optimist in me says we've got that like ineffable quality of like Mojo and Swagger back somehow, and now we're good and all the problems are fixed. Mm-hmm. Another part of me is like, well, the Raiders are bad, and allegedly they were playing cover three, which is somehow easier for us to play than cover two. I don't think they were properly doing like the the Brandon Staley put a roof on it defense, right? They weren't all of the time, no. They, so their defense is not wired to do that very well, from what I've heard. How many are? From people that know more about the X and O's than I do. Mm-hmm. But they were doing that, so they weren't in the, like the two super high deep as often. They still were quite a bit, um, and even when they were, they weren't very good at it because Jonathan Abram, who I've talked about before, mm-hmm. um, he's a great box safety, but you get him out in coverage, and he's a bit of a liability. And yeah, he got sunned by Daryl Lynn. And yeah, well, there's that, um, which was an awesome play. And then all night long, he was just getting eviscerated out there. Mm-hmm. So I think he, he's such like, um, I don't want to be mean, but he's kind of like a, a big dog that's like scary and he barks a lot, but it's also kind of dumb. A fat dog. Uh, more, yeah, not really fat, no. I, I meant more like it's aggressive and kind of scary, but not very smart because he will bite on any kind of mm. misdirection or play action. Big dumb dog. So yeah, he, he got fooled a lot. He's a beta dog, you're saying. Uh don't don't know if that's what that means, but uh Yeah, so I, I don't know if that means the Chiefs will still have trouble with cover two. I think if you know if we had won on like four big plays, you know, where we just had like Tyreek toasting everyone over the middle or something like that, mm-hmm. I'd be a little more nervous. But the way we played, I think we can win against any coverage because we did a whole lot of the, you know, taking what they give us, establishing the run between the tackles, uh, hitting the running back out of the backfield, which is what you got to do against, you know, that, that aggressive zone coverage. So I, I honestly think it's not so much that, like, you know, there was some mystical element to Mahomes' game that's back now or that the Raiders were just playing a weird coverage, which they were. I think it's more we are starting to learn how to feel comfortable within the conservative offense. And if that's the case, then this team – could really do some damage if slash been the playoffs. I completely agree with you on the point of we were doing a much better job about executing the more conservative, quote-unquote, boring offense mm-hmm. that we've had trouble with. I will disagree with you just a little bit on the Mahomes thing. I really do think that he got his confidence back as a QB. Yeah, okay, so in terms of things like pocket presence and not getting, not like being too hesitant on throws, like he was on time, you know. His Not fundamentals were better, and you could see yeah. that. You could start to see that in the pack, the Packers game, where he mm-hmm. wasn't drifting back in the pocket as much. He wasn't getting the happy feet and bailing mm-hmm. out on clean pockets as much. Um, he was checking down a little bit more, a little more decisive. So his fundamentals were all good. 
even on top of that, I think his just, I don't know, for, seemed like there was a couple of weeks there where he just felt snake bitten and he was kind of second guessing himself on throws all the time. Yeah. He just wasn't, wasn't playing with that confidence and that, you know, swagger is the word that they love to use. Yeah. Um, that he normally plays with and he, he did play with it on Sunday night and he balled out. Okay. So at least for the immediate term, Chiefs offense looking up. Let me ask you this. Do you think we see at any point this season a reemergence of the bad offense? And what under what circumstances do you think that would occur? Um, I think yes, because it's you know, we still got a lot of football left to play. It's not like you're gonna go the whole year without ever having some turnovers or some penalties or you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I think it's it's clear that like the offense knew what it needed to do to get out of the slump and is doing those things. I think a great test is going to be the Broncos and Chargers games this year. Hmm. Um, not so much because they're amazing defenses. I mean, they're good. But both of those teams, like the, the, the people, the, the architects of allegedly the, the put the roof on defense, which, by the way, is affecting the Rams and the Bills and all these other high-flying offenses as well now. Yeah. Um, the architects of that are allegedly Brandon Saley, coach of the Chargers, and Vic Fangio, Coach of the Broncos. Well, mostly Vic Fangio because yeah. Staley coached under Fangio for yeah. a long time before he went to the Rams. But I think I think the the Chargers did it better than anyone, honestly, against the Chiefs in the first game. Yeah. So if we can if we can kind of it's a little bit like um, to use a baseball analogy in a football podcast, but your your second time through the order, you know, the pitcher kind of figures out, or, or rather, I think it's the other way around, where the pitchers kind of figure out what the hitter what sorry the hitters figure out what the pitcher. Throwing, so they kind of figure out a pitcher the, the second time or third time for the lineup. Mm-hmm. So ideally, the advantage shifts more toward the batters as it goes on. I think the, the advantage, you know, if the Chiefs really have made the changes they need to and kind of learned to feel comfortable within the conservative offense, we could get advantage in playing some of these this, this cover uh, cover two roof defense in the second half of the season. Yes, yeah, I agree. Um, I think we'll see that defense more. I think we'll see it next week. The playoffs. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna fire away after one week and be like, "Yes, we've solved all of our offensive woes." But it is clear that the offensive players, like you could just tell, like the way that they were acting on the field and the sideline, just like the body language and stuff, like they were feeling good about the way they were playing again for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, I think this might have also been our most dominant performance on the offensive line, mm, which yeah, is very surprising, very encouraging from Orlando Brown to be able to keep Yannick Ngakwe at bay. Yeah, I didn't hear Yannick's name at all. Yeah, I think he's. I think he kind of figured out, I think it's probably a combination, where Brown's figuring out how to block for Mahomes, and Mahomes is figuring out how to utilize Brown as a blocker, because Mahomes isn't probably taking those 12-yard deep pockets anymore that was getting him toasted whenever guys would just run around Brown, which mm-hmm. you can do. Um, but yeah, Brown's also not letting him get a free release. So yeah. I, think, I think we might have figured that out. Um, what did you think about Wiley filling in a right tackle? Serviceable. Is the Serviceable. Word I would use. Yes. Yes. Against uh, against Max Crosby, who can wreck your your whole week. Yeah, he's um, good. I thought he did pretty well. Uh, so yeah, I mean the, the fact that Max Crosby didn't kill Mahomes at some point, Justin Matander Wiley, he's doing better than I thought he would, and that was probably very colored by the experience in the Super Bowl. Um, he probably did not have the super high expectations. Would still rather have like <laughs> Niang back there, I think. I think or Rivers. But you know, it's if even if those guys are healthy, it's a little bit like you know, hey, this is working. Don't mess with it. I don't know. What uh, you no, I, 
I, I think Niang or Rivers will take Wiley's spot I mean, back whenever they are healthy. Do you think Niang was part of the solution or part of the problem whenever he was playing earlier in the season? He he had some room to develop as a pass blocker. Mm-hmm. So uh, right now, I think Rivers is a better pass blocker, and I think you could make the case that Yang, who's a bigger dude, yeah. would be better in the run. I view them as pretty much the same. That's interesting to me, though, because like, Yang's calling card coming out of college was he didn't give up any sacks. And, like, I think in his career, at least in his senior season, he was supposed to be a really good pass blocker, and that seems where he's struggling as a pro, which is interesting. I mean, it's a different level of competition for sure. But like that was remember remember Chase Young they talk about Chase Young uh, said that he, the best pass pro he ever went against was Lucas Niang. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we've seen that yet in his like second rookie year here. But well, not to get too far into the nitty gritty of offensive line, play, oh, but I think pass blocking there is a little bit more of kind of finesse and technique involved mm-hmm. in that than uh, run blocking where you're just getting downhill and mauling people. Yeah. So I think it's reasonable to expect that he needs to develop that a little bit more. Yeah. Going back to Wiley real quick, I noticed early on, and let's just say this quietly in case there's any Raiders fans listening, he was holding the crap out of Crosby on several plays. I mean, so not, not cheating, you're not trying. You're not. I noticed it, and I was like, if they see that, we might be in trouble here. So it, and they were, I mean, they weren't calling on either side. Like there were, there were definitely times our defensive linemen were getting help. Mm-hmm. So I felt. I thought it was uh, they were calling it pretty consistently, but you could tell they were keeping the flags in their pockets when it came to holding. Yeah, quite a bit. So maybe if we run into a line or a officiating crew that's a little more stingy, it might be could have gone quite a bit rougher. But for what happened, I thought it was it was fine. He seemed to lock it down in the second half a lot. Yeah, yeah. I just I think it's complementary football contained within the offense where you have Mahomes getting the ball out quickly. That's going to help the offensive line and the pass pro. If you've got Mahomes being tentative back there and you know, the guys aren't open on the deep pass, so he's up and checked down and doesn't really want to do that for the last second, that can get the line in trouble. So I think they're actually helping each other out now. Yeah. I think overall the thing that I found most com- uh, comforting and encouraging about the offensive performance, you would probably think it was all the deep passes that Mahomes got, right? You'd be a fool if you thought that. Yeah, you'd be a fool. What a joke. No, the thing that actually – Got me the most excited was all of the times that he checked down to Daryl Williams, which sounds bizarre. It does. Because for like 95% of quarterbacks, that's like the thing that they're good at and they can rely on. You're like, man, I wish he'd throw it deep more. I was going to th- I was gonna say that because like we are not that far removed from the Alex Smith experience. Yeah. Where it's like check down, check down, check down. <laughs> it's just the opposite. And now we're like, oh my gosh, I'm glad our all-world quarterback is finally checking yeah. down more. But I said that going into this year, I was like, is there anywhere Mahomes can improve? And I was like, yes, he's not great at checking it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did that a lot the other night, and it worked like every single time. It was first down, first down, first down. Well, you do that enough, and then you'll you'll start to see guys playing the flats more. You won't have, you know, seven backing coverage and the two deep safeties, uh, that kind of like soft shell defense. Um, I think that's exactly what you saw in the last drive or two of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think Mahomes, like, you could tell, like, he was smelling blood in the water because he yeah. knew, like, they're playing me more aggressively because they're getting desperate. These deep passes are starting to open up. And he still didn't connect on quite a few of them. Um, but they were there. and There were guys open downfield deep. And there hasn't been like that in the weeks. That's exactly what you've got to do, though, whenever you're faced with that kind of coverage is you've got to out-conservative. Yeah. The defense. It, it's yeah. kind of wild to think about. You just, you've like, got to say, how long do you want to give up six-yard passes and seven-yard runs until you start to get a little more aggressive and push it, and then we're going to crack it wide open? It's like a 
it's like seeing who's going to blink first. Mm-hmm. It's like, are, are you going to make a mistake first? Or are you going to keep scoring these touchdowns and force us to be more aggressive? Mm-hmm. So it is kind of like a mental battle in a way. Okay, so similar to the Niang versus uh, Andrew Wiley discussion. If Darrell Williams is not broke, do you try to fix it with Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Uh, once, he, once he's back healthy. I'm going to be honest with you. I've heard this discussed a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it really matters that much. Um, I don't... If you looked at, like, uh, Clyde's snap counts, they were already kind of starting to go down to the point where it's basically a, a timeshare between him and Williams and yeah. Gore. Or not Gore, but uh, McKinnon mm-hmm. mixing in. And I'm fine with that. Honestly, I like... All of our like top four running backs, I feel like they all kind of bring something to the table. And there's not any one of them where I'm like, yes, I want that guy in there on 80% of snaps. So I'm just like, just let them all go and just kind of ride the hot hand. You know? Well, I'm just I'm really interested to see what Clyde looks like in this kind of new look offense. Because it did not feel like we were utilizing him well last year. But this year, this is supposed to be what he does, right? Whenever we drafted him, we said, oh, he's going to be a great receiver. He's going to be a great receiving back. Well, man, that's what we're all about now. So let's see it. Yeah, let's let's see what he's actually got. I I think we might be in for a pleasant surprise there. Yeah, it could be. And he was he was running better than we had seen him run like his whole career, like the last game or two before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah, like what two two hundred yard back to back rushing games. Yeah, and not, and even just like beyond the statistics, you could tell like he is running harder and more effectively than he has in a long time. Yep. So I'm not. I don't think he's going to come in and just like suddenly. Oh my gosh, he's this new layer to the offense. But, I don't know, he could be a little bit better than Daryl, maybe. But, I, mean, I just, I'm just like, all of these running backs, just throw them all in there. Even, like, Gore, like, I think he's nice as a change of pace back. Yeah. Because he has such a different kind of uh, slower, kind of elusive style to him. Mm-hmm. That I like him, just throw him in there, like, two <laughs> or three snaps a game. Get that slower style, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, he does. Like, he kind of, you know, he... He's, he's, kind of he's, he's a patient. Yeah. He's a patient runner, kind of like Le'Veon was back in the day. And mm-hmm. I do think that messes with the defense a little bit when they're used to just a guy that's pounding him. Whenever you have a guy like that come in, yeah. So I'm just yeah, just mix them all up, get them all in there. Yeah. Whoever is playing good, just just ride the high hand. Any other thoughts on the offense? Mm-hmm. I mean, Travis Kelsey looked good. Tyreek Hill looked good. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't really they weren't effective in shutting those guys down the way the teams have been. Yeah. Um. I do have a few things to say about them. I want to point out Daryl's stats here real quick. Next gen Daryl stats. If you look, let me pull up the game. I could have sworn I had this pulled up earlier. If you look at the running backs, like yards per carry, it's not great. I think a lot of that came out of like some rather inefficient runs towards the end when they knew we were going to be running. Mm-hmm. I think when the game was competitive, they had, we were running the ball well. It seemed like we were getting six or seven yards on first down runs a lot, which is what you need to do. Uh, so Daryl Williams, his, he had uh, 11 carries for 43 yards. Not super impressive, just off the stats. But then his receiving work, nine catches, nine targets for 101 yards. That's Tyreek Hill, like, that is 11.2 yards per reception. Those are like almost, well, I guess there was that one touchdown, but yeah. it might be inflating those a little bit, but almost entirely checkdowns. So it's like 
if that's there, just do that over and over and over until they can stop it. Yeah. And eventually they'll break. No one no one puts up with that yeah. for an entire game. Eventually they'll have to bring somebody down to cover him, and then you, you know, you've got an advantage in the back. You can start going to some of those deep throws. Yeah. Um Tyreek was great. He had that one dribble fumble, which was funny <laughs> looking back, but terrifying at the time. Uh, uh, I thought Kelsey, he looked really good. Uh, I thought the Raiders made a mistake in that they weren't like mauling him at the line of scrimmage like everyone else has been doing. Well, they had linebackers on him at some point, right? Which I thought everyone learned years ago not to do. Yeah, you'd think people would figure that out. But it was it actually it was hilarious for a division opponent how how little it looked like they had prepared well, for the Chiefs, which that might just be coaching for a while. Intern, yeah. intern head coach. Yeah, yeah. That's the same defensive coordinator, though, though. I feel like they should. That's true. They should have got that. Yeah. But you know what? They're the Raiders. They do Raider things. Mm-hmm. Can't be surprised. So, yeah, I, I thought Kelsey had one of his better games in a while. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm just I'm just really excited for the offensive clicking again. I think it's going to continue on. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, last week, you you threw, you threw out there the idea that we might put up 40 points on the Raiders. I did. I spoke it into existence. And I basically guffawed at you, like, what in the world are you saying? Stop. That's not even possible, but then it happens. And, yeah, I was, I was beside myself. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's all I had on the offense. Do you have anything? No, uh, let's flip to the other side, which is just as optimistic. Very beautiful performance by the defense. Yes, it's it feels so part. weird to talk about one side of the ball and then go to the other and be like, and this it's side of the ball did great too. Yeah. Normally after like the oh man, doom, gloom, despair. But no, <laughs> both sides. I have some more next-gen stats for you. Please, get them out here. Stat that. So if we take both of the Raiders running backs, Jacob, Jacobs and Drake, uh, they had 11 carries for 32 yards. That's abysmal. That is a dominant rush defense. It felt like they had a lot of just like running between the tackles and getting nowhere. Yeah, which that's that's great. That's how you beat the run right there. They couldn't run on us like all night long. Yeah. So I don't know. All of a sudden, feels like the Chiefs have a good run defense. I feel like uh, a lot of this you've got to put Chris Jones back in the middle. Um, but it felt like Jaron Reed, yes, Jaron Reed, <laughs> and Derek Naughty both had really good games too. Yeah, I have always loved Naughty as like a run stuffing. Naughty's been like tackle. Yeah, he's been like just this very slow ascendance, I think, throughout his entire career with the Chiefs, which I think is in year three now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just like you just kind of turn around and he's one of the better run stuffers on the team. Yeah, he's like a third round pick, right? Something like that. Yeah, I think he was. It was um, what's his face, Breland Speaks, second, <laughs> and then Naughty was the third round pick. Yeah. So yeah, he he's just kind of developed into like this nice solid starter. Yeah, which I know like the the run stuffy defensive tackle is about the least glamorous position it's, on it's the football the, field. It's the running back of the def- defense, I think. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's, like, it's even less glamorous. Let's draft him late and don't pay him too much. Yeah, it's like the the run blocking tight end mm-hmm. of the defense where they could just never get any credit or recognition. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's been good. Um, I think the linebacking core has been playing way better. And I think that's, in my opinion, the biggest reason that the run defense has improved. Yeah. I think it is really like the, the Willie Gay and Nate Bolton show now. And like mm-hmm. Hitchens is not necessarily getting in the way of that. But yeah, those those two have been so much better this it's year. It's kind of getting in the way of Bolton being at Mike like I would like, but whatever. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's, it's bags going to spag. Yeah. Uh, defensive backs were great. 
Yeah. Um, Matthew seemed like he was shutting down Darren Waller all night. Which is, Waller, that's a tall task. And that's not yes. pun intended. Literally, Literally a, tall a tall task <laughs> for a very short but indefatigable man. Yeah. Darren Waller, four catches for 24 yards. You'll take that every single that's time. That's amazing. Like, there are, there are a lot of very good defenses that have not held him that kind of production. It feels weird for the Chiefs to be good at covering tight ends. Like, when did that happen? This is the first time. It's like, we're good at covering tight ends, or we're good at cover, or stopping running backs. Like, what, who, who is this defense I'm seeing now? It is wild. You know, honestly, um, I, I have a unifying theory of the defense. Ooh. Do you remember in the Super Bowl year, and yes, we're going to keep making comparisons to the Super Bowl year. For us? I want to get, totally I want to get as much juju from that year as we possibly can. Yeah. Um, there was that stretch where Mahomes was down. And that felt like th- that was very similar because we, we started out with a new defense. Like injured. Yeah. Yeah. And that defense ascended throughout the year until they were, they were playing above average toward the end of the year. Mm-hmm. It's how do I put this? Oh, I know where you're going. You've kind of got to have their backs to the wall for them to respond. Yeah. And that feels like uh, in that year, that's what happened during that three game stretch where Mahomes was out. Um, especially in that game, I think it was against the Packers. Was it? Well, it was the Broncos. The Broncos, where Mahomes got his kneecap twisted. And he's out, and the defense came through in a big way. Yeah. And basically won that game for us. Shut down Joe Flacco. Well, yeah, but <laughs> point being, it felt like that was kind of turning point for the defense. Like, oh, we got we to do this now. We, we're going to get bailed out all the time. Yes. So it felt like the early season adversity we went through this year kind of kind of got the defense in the mindset of, okay, we're going to have to we're going to have to contribute here. We can't just kind of sit back. And, yeah, players have been coming on. We've gotten some of the scheme stuff sorted out, and we've gotten the playing time equation balanced out more better than it was before. But it felt like the defense just kind of took it on themselves and stepped up to be part of the solution and not part of the problem, which is great. I wish we could do that without losing multiple games, but, you know, here we are. Yeah. Sitting pretty. I think it's completely true that when one side of the bowl is kind of struggling, the other side of the bowl tends to pick it up. Mm-hmm. So I think whenever the Chiefs offense was kind of going through their issues, the defense is like, oh, crap, we need to step our game up to help us, you know, stay in this and win yeah. games. And that's exactly what they did. But they did. I mean, the first two wins of the streak were really attributable to the defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Which is, it's just crazy to go back to, like, the Bills game or the Titans game and to, like, imagine the Chiefs defense kind of turning it on. It felt like just so, such a hopeless situation back then. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of tired of hearing all the excuses and, oh, we're going to do better and figure things out. And here we are. It's like they have. They did. For one game. Well, for a couple games. You can go all the way back. You can go back as far as the Bills game. Mm -hmm. And with the exception of, like, two quarters versus the Titans, where they were bad. Yeah. Outside of that, they've been playing really good. That whole stretch of, like, five, four and a half games or so. Yeah. Before we move off the defense, i I got to give a call out. Our boy, <laughs> friend of the podcast, never game. said never said nothing bad about him ever. Oh, Dirty Dan Sorensen. He's back. He is. He's back. He's back. <laughs> he got a pick. Yeah, All was did. forgiven. Everyone was extreme. I've never seen a man happier. The most athletic pick I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, I felt I felt good in my heart for him. I was, yeah, I was absolutely happy. Now I do think I was kind of like most Chiefs fans when I saw he got the pick. I was like, oh yay! And then. Oh, is he going to get more playing time now? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was afraid that that was his one snap on the field. He caught, he caught a pass. I, the happiest man on that sideline was fans. Oh, yeah. He, he came out and said. He came out and said he was happy for him. 
Yeah, he said he was happy for him. Uh, he had a quote that he doesn't like to uh, quit on people or give up on people, something like that. Okay, we'll tell Juan Thornhill that. Which I appreciate <laughs> that mentality in almost all as- aspects of life. Except for terrible uh, single high safeties. So, yeah. I, I, hey, don't, hey, I don't listen, know what to make of that. Listen, <laughs> to me, this is not saying we need more Sorensen, okay? This is saying we have the right amount of Sorensen. Yes. Which is... We are back to the correct... He's a, a like, sub-package guy. Yes. He's on the field sometimes. Dan Sorensen is a sometimes food. Yeah. You don't need no. to be... You don't need him every night. If you're eating Dan Sorensen every night, come on. <laughs> you're going to be in that. It's just going to lead indigestion. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that analogy got uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> anyhow, yeah. Good, good on our boy there. Um... Anything else about the defense before we kind of move on to the game balls? Yes. Uh, we've got to talk about this pass rush. They've, they turned it on. Did they? They're ready to go, yeah. Um, I think Melvin Gordon, did I say it correctly? You did not. Screwed it up again? Melvin Ingram. Melvin Ingram, right. Yeah. One of these days. Melvin Gordon will not play for the Chiefs. One of these days, I will get it right. But I'll tell you what the confusion is, is because he's running a running back number. Yeah. So like, if you see a guy with dreads and 24, whose name is Melvin... You're going to think it's Melvin Gordon. And once upon a time, they were on the same team. That's true. So, this is on them, really. Yeah. Anyways. A former Charger named Melvin with dreads. 24. I'm going to be like, do they any retail? I just call them by the number. 24 has been great for us. That's been a tremendous signing already. Um, having him on one side, having like healthy and actually playing good. Uh, Frank Clark on the other side. Having... Um, Chris Jones in the middle. Those three belongs back in his natural yeah, position. Belongs. Having those three on the field together, it's like, oh, we've actually got a good pass rush here. Yeah, I think Melvin Ingram showed up hungry, like to the Chiefs. Like he he's got something to prove to the Steelers for trading him. Yep. You know, y'all done messed up. Yeah. Um, and again, on uh, on the subject of much maligned players who came through in the last game, Jaron Reed popped through the middle for a big old sack. Jaron Reed with a sack. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Derek Naughty had a sack. Did he? Yeah. That's kind of a rare occurrence. If Derek Naughty gets a sack on you, something has gone horribly, horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I love the guy, but you know, he's not he's not a he's not a sack guy, you know? Yeah. I think the Chiefs are always gonna do better though with uh with interior pressure than pressure from the outside. Honestly. Just the way our defense is built. We don't have world beating uh edge rushers. Even if we did, they're they're you know how it is. They tend to take the long way to quarterback. Mm-hmm. But if we got we if we're bringing guys, I mean, Spag's style is to bring a couple blitzers. Um, so if we're bringing those guys, then I think the pressure needs to come from in here, and that t- that can be more disruptive and harder to avoid. Yeah, and I think you know what I said earlier about how like we wanted to get some pressure early on Carr mm-hmm. and get him kind of flustered and a little jittery in the pocket. I think you definitely saw that happen, especially in the second half where yeah. he was just throwing up some. You know, five hundred balls. There, he totally just was chucking it up for whoever can go get it. Jesus, take the wheel offense. Yeah. So I, I think we we played them perfectly in that regard. Yeah. Uh, and again, the the coverage, the cornerbacks were great. Um, I mean, I remember talking about how our kind of starting coverage unit of like Ward and Fenton, um, Sneed, Matthew Thornhill, like that's a good secondary unit. You know, I'm starting to come around to the idea that Fenton is the starting corner. He's been, he's been really good. And that Ward if, is the third corner. If you're someone that buys into um, PFF grades, yeah. he's like, they have him rated as like the number one corner in the league right now. 
He's the Stephen Nelson Memorial number oh, one corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least with Fenton, it, it matches what my eye would see on the field. Yeah. Stephen Nelson, it was like that was that was the moment where I was like, all right, I don't trust you guys. I guess my point is, regardless of where people play or you know who's in for the base package, it was like Sneed and Fenton are our best corners right now, which is kind of a wild place to be because I think those are both like late round picks or free or uh, undrafted free agents. Yeah. Maybe, 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 I don't know. Fenton might have been a six-round pick. But. Sneed was like a late pick. Fenton, he was like a fourth or fifth rounder a while back. We keep telling Brett Veach, you got to draft corners. And he's like, no, uh He's like, I will, but it's going to be like a yeah. fifth and sixth round. We'll continue we'll to find diamonds in the rough and trash can. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's working right now. I don't know how, I'm but. I'm sure if it ever stops working, we'll be mad about it for, yes, for right we now. We reserve the right to be mad later. It is working at the moment. So. Yeah. Um, how much... Well, I don't know. Do we, do we want to get into like the Cowboys stuff yet? We got two game balls. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. We we, we lost for so long. We forgot to do game balls. So uh, yeah, we we forgot how to win there for a bit. I would like to throw out the inaugural game ball, please. Please do. Um, I would like to give mine to Mr. Noah Gray for his first reception, touchdown touch mm-hmm. reception as a chief, and a very impressive one. That was an amazing play. Like a yeah. tight window, great contested catch while he was falling down. It was, it was like behind. It was like a back short, shoulder catch. Yeah, for a tight end. Yeah. So yeah, I would like to see more of that. Him. I think he's get, he's getting the opportunities that you know Jody Fortson RIP will not be getting. Yeah. Uh, but eventually wind up with like three great tight ends on the roster. That'd be really cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I want to give mine to Mahomes because novel. He's he's gone through kind of the roughest bit of his season here, um, and feels like he's turned a corner. He's kind of figured things out. He's playing confidently again. So he gets my game ball. Have we considered that maybe they just finally got the baby to start sleeping? <laughs> or they got a nanny. All, that's all it took, yeah. <laughs> yeah get, I, I don't know. I'm not going to dive into that, but <laughs> you never know. Um, I thought probably the most interesting quote that I heard all week this week was from Reed talking about Mahomes. And he mentioned like a stats guy that they have on staff and said that he had – uh, basically said he had looked at it and like Mahomes had gone the longest that any quarterback has ever gone before having a slump. And he actually used that word slump. Mm-hmm. Just, just, it's very fascinating to me because like with Reed, so often you get, it's so hard to like get information out of him, but I felt like that was something where it was like, okay, now you get an idea of how he was viewing this. And it was, it was Mahomes was just going through a bit of a slump and just kind of had to work through some stuff. It reminded me of like, uh, what Reed was saying after the Bills game about how people were like trying to ask him to explain the loss, and he's like, I don't know, I'm just kind of seeing guys do stuff that they haven't done before. Yeah, and I think he was basically saying like, I don't know, Mahomes, he's not <laughs> playing well right now. I think that's basically what he meant. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's back now. Um, they kind of like acknowledge that he was going through a slump, which is a good sign that the slump is over. I think. Uh, and you just saw it from like all of the offensive players. You know, you have. Chris Jones just running around giggling after the game. <laughs> Travis Kelsey doing the funny, like, swagger back. I think I got my swagger back. Oh, that little thing. That was brilliant. I thought it was, was funny crazy. before I saw the video, and after I saw the video, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Well, I, I saw that video, like, back whenever it first went viral, like, years ago. Uh, and, yeah, to see it resurface and then, like, enjoying that was very funny to me. It was great. Uh, did you hear the backstory on that? It was a Buckley, wasn't it? Who shall? Was B- is that, that, is that his name? I think it's Bouchelle, yeah. Is that, one time I thought it was Bouchelle. 
I thought it was Buku. Well, anyways, okay. that guy, our Soon dream quarterback, apparently just showed him that in the quarterback room. They kind of became their, I don't know, little mantra of the week. And it worked. Do you think that's the reason we signed him to the active roster? It's like, all right, great, <laughs> yeah. great meme there, yeah. Shane. Go ahead and step on up. Starting the meme specialist. Yeah. Yeah, it can let him go. Um, okay. So my defensive game ball is going to go to Rashad Fenton mm. for his very clutch peanut punch of Deshaun Jackson, which was oh, one yeah. of the funniest plays I've seen all year and just like like just vintage Raider crap. It was. It was so bizarre, too, <laughs> because it looked like watching it live, it looked like we gave up a big pass play, mm-hmm. and then he turned around and he lateral threw it to Matthew. That's what it looked like. Just hit the wrong button. He just he got a free <laughs> trip to the end zone right in front of him, but he turns around and throws the ball backwards to our player. And I'm watching. I'm like, what just happened? And I think you can see on Matthew's face, he's like, what was that? <laughs> just so confused, but happy and excited. Um, when the and then they go back and they show the replay and Honey Badger. Very nearly picked it off himself. Yeah, he like he he deflected it into the hands of Deshaun yeah. Jackson. Yeah, so it went from interception to reception touchdown to punched out, and now we have the ball back. Which did he like? It was so he bizarre. didn't just turn for the end zone. He like kind of came back a little bit somehow. He, like he, he wanted uh, to pick a fight with one of the defensive backs before he went and scored. Yeah, he had like a bit of a whirly bird thing going on there. Okay, he just didn't. I, I think what happened was he caught the ball. And the way he caught it, his momentum was carrying him into the line of Fenton. Mm, okay. And so he kind of panicked for a second and was trying to get himself turned around. And in the process of doing that, Fenton tackled him and popped the ball out. Hey, it was listen, man, so this is, weird. This, is, this would not be the first time Deshaun Jackson has done some nutty stuff down by the goal line. Yeah. He's the originator of the uh, dropping the ball before you cross. <laughs> it, it felt like the kind of thing that had been happening to our receivers all year. Yeah. It did. It's it like bounced this, out a little bit. This dumb thing that leads to us losing the ball. Weird, dumb, momentum-killing turnover. Yeah. Uh, that, the, the Tyreek Hill. Dribble. You know, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the, the bouncing ball look where he just bounced right back up to him. Bounced past to himself. Yeah, these are just things that, you know, we talked all, all year about, you know, this is going to even out over time. if you start to see that. Yeah. Well, and I, I just gave a game ball to Mahomes, but he had a, a couple of um, under, uninterceptable passes, I will see, say. Yeah, when he's got a swagger, you can't pick him off. Yeah, yeah, he's throwing Didn't the happen. throwing the ball wobbly again. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. This is football's a weird game. Sometimes those things go in your favor. Sometimes they really, really don't. Yep. Uh, but they did last night. All right. Any more game balls to give out for you? Uh, defensive game ball. Ooh, this is tricky because they all played so well. Mm-hmm. I think I'll give mine to Honey Badger for really locking on to Waller, and keeping him from going all over the place because that was. That was the aspect of their offense that I was most worried about, but uh, he really shut him down. So. Can we just make him our tight end specialist from now on? Yeah, not for absolutely. That yeah, because that's like our biggest weakness. I would love that, and it makes for sense too. It makes sense to see a guy named Honey Badger, a smaller dude out there chasing down and tackling these large elk-like mm-hmm. tight ends. It just makes sense. Very on brand. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Cowboys. Yep. Playing the Cowboys this week. Got a big game. Big I'm game. a... <laughs> so you, I know you don't like qualifying, but I want to see the Chiefs do what they just did, which is play a complete game against a really good team. I do think the Cowboys, they might not be really good, but they're a good team. They're a winning team. They got one of the better offenses in the league. So I'll, I will I will believe the Chiefs are even more back if 
they can come in and play a solid game and get like a two score win over the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm. I I think they've already got kind of their mojo and their confidence back. I think they still have some things they need to sort through, um, and still have improvements to be made. But yeah, if they can if they can beat the Cowboys, and I really don't even care how it happens. Then yes, hundred percent back yeah. Super Bowl time. Um, I won't. This feels kind of weird saying this. I if they play a good game, it's really close, and we end up losing. I'm not going to be like crushed or anything because this is this is like the hardest game we have left on the whole schedule, I believe. Yeah, you know that that really difficult stretch that we all anticipated. I mean, it was rough against like the Bills and Titans and the Ravens, but getting that getting the Packers without Aaron Rodgers might have been like a season saving thing. Well, maybe because we, we started it. we started to turn the corner right about that time. Yeah. It's like we played the, the Giants and Packers and the Raiders. And at a, at a certain point in time, the, the Packers and Raiders looked like good teams. Well, they were not when we played them. But I think like that kind of helped ease our our trajectory back up. Um, so yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it will be good for the Chiefs that old Aaron Rodgers didn't get the job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely was. And after like that brutal Bills loss and the you know, Giants close game, I was looking at that stretch of like Packers Raiders. Cowboys, and I was like, oh my gosh, are we going to lose, you know, two or all three of those games? So I kind of already, in my mind, kind of penciled in a loss for the Cowboys, mm-hmm. as weird as that sounds, because of where we were at. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, if we do lose, not the end of the world, um, and if we win, like, oh crap, I'm going crazy. Which, they're a bit of a streaky team right now, right? Like, I think they just had their get-right game against someone. This past yeah, week. yeah, they, they had a... Just complete head scratcher in the game against the Broncos. Which everyone's, they got, everyone's had at least one this year. Yeah, everybody's doing that now. The, now the NFC's getting in on that as well. Uh, yeah, so they had that where they were, it was like five minutes left and they were down 30 to zero. So they got completely blown out by the, the Broncos. Broncos. How does the that Broncos happen? How does that happen? Was, was Dak healthy? He he was. I think he was, he was kind of coming back from a bit of an injury, but he just played like really poorly. Mm-hmm. So that was bizarre. And then they just, Killed the Falcons, just absolutely obliterated them. Yeah. So yeah, they are an, a bit of an up and down team as well. I still think they were originally on my fraud list with a question mark. I might add, fraud? they were on my fraud list. Yes, with a question mark. So it was like, are they frauds? I wasn't saying they were frauds. I was asking the question, are mm-hmm. they frauds? So I'm going to take all fraud discussion off the table for this week. Because obviously I don't want to create any bulletin board material for our no, opponents. No, I'm sure they're posting whatever we say here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Don't want to do that. So for this week, I'm going to say they're legit. Um, do we just want to talk about kind of their strengths and weaknesses of the team? Yeah, I guess like my, my point is in terms of like momentum coming into this game. Both teams just had the game that they are probably convinced helped them turn the corner. Yeah. So one of, this, one of them is going to carry the momentum after this game. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Who actually who actually can maintain that going into this game? I think it could be a bit of a shootout. I think it will be a close game either way. Yeah. Um the only thing that would disappoint me is if we just get blown out of the water. But I don't know. I just I don't really feel like that's gonna happen now. I feel like I like I like where we're at, OJ wise. Um yeah, let's talk about the Cowboys a little bit. Uh they've got a really good offensive line. Mm-hmm. Have um, for years now. Yeah. Well, Yes, it's been injured in past years. They're finally kind of You're starting to get healthy now. now. Okay. Um, they've got two really good running backs in 
Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, probably heard of him. Tony Pollard may not have heard of him. He's now, also really good. I have heard from various people that Ezekiel Elliott is washed. Is he washed? Oh, was, was that for me? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just people. I've, I've definitely said that. Yeah, I think I told you that. Um, he may not be 100% washed, but let's just say that he's in the laundry hamper. Hmm. So he's dirty. Yeah. Well, when he's running behind a really good offensive line, he looks good. But that's been his entire career. When he's not, he looks bad. So, okay. so take that running, He's a running back, is what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's really good. They have a lot of really good wide receivers. See, the only one I've heard of is uh, C.D. Lamb, I think. C.D. Lamb, uh, Michael Gallup, um, Amari Cooper. Is he? Yeah, he's still there. Is Cooper, is Cooper healthy, though? I feel like I haven't heard from him. Uh, it's always a crapshoot, but I believe he is, yes. Yeah. Uh, they have a tight end, another pretty athletic tight end that's Schultz. been good, Dalton Schultz. Um, and then Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. who he's not a very mobile quarterback, which I think is good because mm-hmm. the Chiefs generally do better against quarterbacks that are not super mobile. Mm-hmm. He's a scrambler, though. Uh, kind of. He's mm-hmm. not – he he's, he can move. He's not like a statue back there. He's kind of like a Baker Mayfield in my opinion, where he's like – he's not a statue back there. He can move a little bit, and he can get a couple runs. But mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not worried about him hurting that much with his legs. But yeah, he he's been pretty good this year. So really, they they really have like a solid offense with not really any holes anywhere. So it's gonna be it's gonna be the toughest challenge that our defense has had probably since the Bills game, maybe the Titans game. So it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough game for them. Uh, any any thoughts on their offense? You pretty much nailed it. Um, on their defense side of the ball, Trayvon Diggs is having like a historically good season, isn't he? Yes, he is. I haven't really watched him play much, but from what I hear, he is like very much a gambler when it comes to coverage. Mm-hmm. So he will anticipate routes a lot, which leads to a lot of interceptions, but it also leads to a lot of blown coverage. It's the Marcus Peters experience. Yes, which I think Mahomes generally does pretty well against uh, defensive backs that play like that. Yeah. So I think that's actually going to be a pretty key kind of battle of the game is can we. Uh, not throw interceptions to him, and can we kind of exploit his aggressiveness in the passing game? Yeah, I, I think I think Reed will have some things cooked up for him. Um, are their linebackers good? Because they've had a lot, a lot of high-profile, high-draft pick linebackers, but then they'll like cut guys. I thought were good. Like I think they got, just got rid of Jalen Smith. Just cut him. Honestly, it's tough with the Cowboys because of kind of the aura surrounding their team. All of their players always get overhyped, mm-hmm. so it, it's hard to know if their players are actually good or just. You know, play for the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, agents. Anyways, uh, I think they've been playing good. They've got some some really good uh, pass rushers, too. And then Randy Gregory, right? Yeah, which I think he's going to be out. Oh, nice. Um, I mean, unless and then Micah Parsons, I think, has been playing on the other side. Now, yeah, they, he was a linebacker, and they moved him to defensive end, right? Yeah, which is pretty kind of a weird movement. Um, Do they run a 4-3 or 3-4, you know? I can't tell you. They're probably a nickel anyways. In yeah. But but he's been having a great season, uh, like defensive rookie of the year type season. Which side does he play on? I do not know that either. I hope it's the left side. Yes. Well, his right. <laughs> yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. So the, their defense is, I don't really know a whole lot about it. I guess that's most defenses in the NFL. <laughs> I don't know. They get back there. They, try they've to get been some balls. playing really good. I don't know. It feels like they've been kind of 
overperforming relative to their skill. So take that for what you will. I will say that like they got rid of the defensive coordinator they had last year when their defense was abysmal. Yep. And I believe they got Dan Quinn, right? The guy from the Falcons. I could not tell you. Yeah, pretty sure it's Dan Quinn. So they're they're playing good right now. Okay. So they're just they're just a good solid team all around. Uh, not a whole lot of weaknesses, so gonna be gonna be a tough game. It feels kind of like mirror images to me, honestly, the Chiefs and Cowboys coming into this game, because you've got high-profile offenses that have been sputtering recently, and defenses that are you know punching a little bit above their weight. Both coming off of you know corner-turning momentum regaining performances. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. This could be a very good game. I think they're a little bit more run happy than we are. Mm-hmm. We are not happy normally. To run. We're we're run. Run, run melancholy. Run acceptance. Yeah. That's kind of where we are. I guess we'll have to run. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess I guess that's a good way of putting it. That we are kind of similar teams. Except we have Andy Reid and they have Mike McCarthy. That's true. Biggest advantage. That is the biggest that advantage. That's awesome. <laughs> the biggest advantage that we have. Yeah. He is uh, He is having fun with he's like if, He's like if Randy Reid coached a team, basically. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting dude. Big old weird ball. <laughs> Uh, yep. It's going to um, be a very important game because you have one of the best NFC teams versus what I, you know, I would call at least one of the best AFC games. Yeah. So it, it could be like an important kind of uh, data point in the, the AFC versus NFC teams. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to get too around the NFL, but I, I for a long time, been saying the NFC is better than the AFC this year, but there's been some hit scratching losses on the NFC recently. Well, the, made the me wonder. AFC was doing it, and then yeah, yeah the, the NFC got it on fun. The AFC, the, it feels like the AFC got right this past week. Yeah, like the Bills and the Chiefs winning. Oh, we got we got to tip our hats to the Titans for destroying the Rams. That that helped us out a lot. Yeah, but I would also prefer them to lose. Oh yeah, but, uh, I, I know. But in terms of AFC versus NFC, yeah, well, that's why they play the games. Um, yep. Got a score prediction for us. Ooh, I'm asking. Oh, I thought you. I'll also tell you. Go ahead. Stating. Um. This is this is just a tough game for me to predict. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a fairly high-scoring game. Um, I think you kind of have to qualify what the defensive expect- expectation is. I don't think this is a game where you're like, oh, we need to hold them to 13, mm-hmm. 16 points. I think that's probably asking too much. Um, I'm kind of viewing it like if you could hold them under 30, I think that's a win for our defense. See, I my prediction is similar, but... I think it's well, – I've got to pick the Chiefs for one because if I'm not picking the Chiefs, why am I doing this? Yeah, well, I mean, what are we – 34 to 31 Chiefs is my prediction. What, could you run that by me? 34 31. 34 31. Yeah, that's that's good. Um, I guess I'll go maybe a little bit lower scoring than that. I'll give it a nice boring 27-24 Chiefs victory. Hmm. Either way, field goal to win it. Yeah. Yep. Which – I guess uh, based on the the line I'm seeing from the desert people, mm-hmm. that sounds about right. <laughs> it's like the Tuscan Raiders are running a they, or something. The desert people they scare easy, but they'll be back <laughs> in greater numbers. That's when they increase the points. Per. Welcome to our Star Wars fan fate podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. Cool. Anything else you want to discuss? Um, I think it. I think it means more to the players themselves to be playing a team like the Cowboys than it does to us as fans. It's basically a primetime game, right? Or the afternoon game. It really is. Nats and Romo. Yeah, I think it's like America's Game of the Week, which seems to be whichever game. Usually the Cowboys. Cowboys happen to be playing. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I, do think, it is. I do think it's it's kind of one of those like three o'clock prime time games where that's the one everyone's gonna be watching. It's gonna be nationally televised. So I think I think it's it's big. I'm yeah. not gonna be, I'm not gonna be crushed if we lose, but I am gonna be just absolutely ecstatic if we win. Yeah. Yep. Just running around the house, throwing stuff, smashing stuff. Yep. Please don't smash stuff. Again. Uh, Again. I, I want to smash one stuff. <laughs> okay. Pick one thing and smash it. Yep. All right. Any party thoughts? I guess that'll do it. It'll uh, go Chiefs. Go Chiefs. A little bit of weed mixes some heart, they got some vodka that'll just off my heart quicker than a shock when I get shocked at the hospital by the doctor when I'm not cooperating. When I'm rocking the table while he's operating, you waited too long to stop debating, cause I'm back, I'm on the rag and knocking lady. I know that you got a job, Miss Jamie, but your husband's heart problem's complicating. So the FCC won't let me be, or let me be me, so let me see. They try to shut me down on MTV, but it feels so empty without me. So come on, get come on your lips. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.